Have you ever killed a person? <laughs> I, I'll tell you later. <laughs> what? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever... Uh, I've, I've have you ever taken... Did you take drama in high school ever? Did I you did. Do drama? I, I felt I was adequate at improv. Okay. So, so you know where this is going. Mm. You know, like the number one rule to improv is... is oh, you never say when no. When someone sets you up with the prompt it's it's yes and you, yes. you take it and you and you go with it right. instead of just being like wow i don't want to talk about that well i mean but, the difference but, but is but no. it's like if, if it's a, a a jailable offense or if someone's gonna pin a murder on me that changes the the outcome for sure that's that's fair i don't know that um I don't know how many like governmental authorities are listening to our show, but that's um, that's good. Yeah, cover your. Yeah, you don't you don't want to go down for murder. That's uh, that's. But so, if you were to kill a guy, mm. or 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 a lady, mm. um, headshot, leg shot, <laughs> aim for the lungs. Hit him in the groin. Like what? What? What is your? What would be your approach? I feel like there'd be a few things that I would try first before unloading an entire clip into a bulletproof vest. Well, but you, you don't necessarily know that this person's like. Oh, you know, you, know, you just know they will be wearing one. If movie, yeah, yeah, they, if cliche movies are any indication. That, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because how how could you know that that magical bulletproof vests where you can literally shoot the person in the chest with a bazooka and then <laughs> and then go, okay, good, they're dead. And then four seconds later they're lunging at you only to remember, ah, it's gotta be a headshot. The yeah. only way to kill a killer is a headshot. Yeah. Specifically a killer. I think that's the we're that's not just talking about yeah. like <laughs> You know, gunning down innocence in Grand Theft Auto. We right. are talking about killing a killer. Yeah, in a horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, either they're lunging for you or you, the camera pans to where they were and they've mysteriously back, back flipped out of there. No worse for the wear after the the trauma of taking bullets to a bulletproof vest. If I ever write a memoir or like an autobiography, <laughs> about killing murdering. a killer... Killing, a, killing killer. a killer is just it, and it will have not. You'll you'll read the whole thing and you'll be like, "Wait, where's the title? What's with that title?" Yeah. And it's about like binary code or something. Yeah, yeah, killing a killer. All right. Well, hello and welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. I am Peter, and the author with great absolute clickbait titles is Brady. It'd be so sick, man. I don't know if people would be like ripped out, feeling ripped off or just like confused or, or if it would like add to this, be like, Oh, that was so good. That was so clever in a book that was otherwise not at all funny. That would, that's a hilarious title. It's, uh, or then they'd, they'd be the conspiracy theorists who would national treasure it and be like, okay, the, they'd take like the first letter from each paragraph and like pin together some clues. And they're like, here's how you do it. Mm, yeah. yeah yeah it's george that'd, washington that'd be amazing <laughs> if i if i wrote a memoir and it inspired that level of like following if there were consp- if there were conspiracy theories about your memoir right 
you'd be like, I don't know how or why, but oh my gosh. Like until it got, until it turned into like, you know, if people are like doing heists. Yeah, that's on account of your memoir. Yeah, that's that's where it goes too far. And you get in trouble for that. You're like, I I wrote about I wrote about the time my cat ran away. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know where people took this. I don't understand why people are stealing cats now. Yeah. Uh yeah. So listen, Scream. Scream three. Mm-hmm. The accidental series. The accidental Yeah. Where if you had asked us a few months ago, this would have been even on our radar. Yeah, are, are are you? People would be like, "Are you working through Scream?" It'd be like, "No, no, like, no." We did the first one, yeah, and like the second one won a vote, so I, like, you know, and so- and it, it's something that I never would have even because I I first watched all the Scream movies like a year ago, sure, and would have never like I I said to you, I recommend you check it out, check out the yeah, first one, give it a look because. Because it's shockingly entertaining. Mm. It's like, it's so bad it's good, but it's not even like bad. It's like right. actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, tropey, but good. Tropey. But it, it, I would never, <laughs> I would never have thought to present it to you as something we should work through. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and like you said, but here we are. Accidentally, <laughs> we just we kind are. of like there was a moment I feel like where we both looked at each other because <laughs> we did the not? first two because of votes. Yeah, and I enjoyed and, then, and I enjoyed the first one far more than I expected. Yeah, and then looking at the release schedule of movies, we saw ooh, the sixth one is coming. Yeah, and I was like, why not? And we just kind of like yeah, there was a moment where we just looked at each other and we're like, I guess we're doing the scream films. And listen, like, we understand that there's a hierarchy. Like on the calendar this year, I feel like Mission Impossible. The other thing we're working towards is like, at least for me, like that's the baby. That's the we're you know that's my priority. But I still care about this. Like this is obviously something that uh, I don't know just coincidentally aligned, and now we're working towards it, and I'm okay with it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, without further ado, mm. uh, Scream Three. Now, do you have trivia? Do you just want to do initial impressions? What is what's? Let's what's get right the into what? it. Let's get right into it. Okay. Okay. Uh, initial impressions. Mm-hmm. I think of the three we've watched so far, mm-hmm. this isn't the best one. <laughs> Okay. It's not the best one. Okay. Um I I'd go so far as to say m- maybe it's the second best one. Like it's sure. either the worst one or it's the second best one. Mm. Um Yeah. In in the possibility that it could be better than the second. Sure. Um at least from like a twist standpoint. Um mm. by the way, I mean, Scream Scream Three's been out for twenty three years now, so if you have not watched it Get over it. I, we're gonna spoil this thing. <laughs> but it is a film twenty three years, yikes, yeah. Yeah. But it is a film that if you have not like, you know, if you're like, Oh, I gotta get around to watching the Scream movies, mm-hmm. it they they benefit your first watch benefits from having not been spoiled. For so sure. that yeah. is just a you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you've been warned. Um, 
I think I think it's got a a, a still a, a little ridiculous but relatively serviceable twist that kind of does a good job of of tying everything to get like making sense of it, justifying it, mm-hmm. explaining why this is happening again. Yeah. Um so there's that. There's some cheesy moments. There's some kind of freaky moments. Um, and all things said and done, uh, I I don't know if the person who styled Courtney Cox's hair was fired. Right. Um, okay. But they you, probably should have been right unloaded into the it bulletproof vest so because bad. I don't, it's it's distractingly bad. It it's not is. just bad. It is like yes. every time she is on screen, yeah, I'm sitting there going, but why? And it's not. There are hairstyles that are bad as they age. This was not like I. I feel like if I saw this in 2000, as and if I was an adult at the time, I also would have just maybe done a second look like i don't like it and i don't know if it was ever a good look and i st- i need to go in and do some some digging and some research and kind of figure out like how it how it works out with seasons and stuff like that Friends, but right. this is still this is yeah. like smack dab in the middle this is oh, like yeah directly in yeah. the middle of the of the run of friends, friends. yeah 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 I'm and so, I'm like, what the? So clearly, I mean, obviously they're not shooting these simultaneously. Like she's mm. she's taken, you know, it's like they're shooting it over. She's shooting her scenes over the summer when they're off, yeah, off from shooting the show. Um, but it is atrocious. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I literally had a note that just said Courtney Cox's hair with a skull emoji because I was just like, what is no way, man? I don't know. Like, oh, (laughs) what are your thoughts aside from aside from Courtney's hair? (laughs) I find that hilarious that we both came to that conclusion. Uh, You know, it's funny, you know. We're working on our schedule and just with some different things that we're working towards in life and whatnot. Our schedule is pretty hammy. Like, it's pretty full. We're kind of massaging it here and there to work it through. And an easy thing would be to drop this, to drop this series. But it is a really weird, quirky, fun series. Like, it's not a pleasant series. It's about a serial killer and and like trauma that survivors are going through as they get whittled down as there's you know there's not many people from the original movie because they're kind of one by one they're whittled away but it's it's a fun thing to throw in it's you get some quirkiness from it being 20 plus years old but just the tropes and there's some fun things that from like a movie making kind of perspective or like kudos to that but just as a mystery like it's just like fun to kind of speculate and kind of guess and kind of just pay attention to details and be wrong about things but maybe right about some things and it is 
when the movie's done, you know, you're not going, okay, this isn't a 9.9 Oscar bait movie, but it's still entertaining and it's still captivating in its own unique way. So this movie wasn't any, any different. I would say it's probably my second favorite easily. I liked this better than number two. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I won't, I won't me. fight you on that. And I do get, I do get what you're saying. Like when you're continuing a series like this, by the time you get to the plot reveal at the end, you know, some things get a little watered down a little bit out there of like, wow, okay, you know, this is pretty, you know, contrived and, you know, pretty, pretty unlikely, but here we are, you know, you have to write something to get to this point, but um, yeah, it, it still had its fun moments. It still had the stab parallel, took a bit of a backseat. It wasn't as, as front and center as it was in number two. Um, I feel like this movie had the most terrifying sequence and maybe the whole trilogy with that whole dream sequence like that was the first time i was like wow this is borderline creepy like the other times it's just tropey slasher but that was like kind of a dream dreams dream creepiness and Mm -hmm. um yeah you know i guess it's fun to have adding a new plot twist every time where you've got a voice modulator where just then everything's off the table. Like every time someone's talking on the phone, you can't trust if it's them or not. And um, I feel like, yeah, it really, really lends itself to you just adding and being invested into what's happening because you can never trust what's happening until you actually physically see someone in person. You don't trust it's, anything that happens. It's weirdly like... Um, it's you know it it's a horror franchise, but it's also like a murder mystery horror yeah. franchise. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Where you're left guessing, and yeah. and you get to come along for the ride and form theories while you're watching it, yeah. and and start trusting and start distrusting, and mm-hmm. and all of these things. But um, yeah. but yeah. So okay, so let's let's. Let's dive in. Mm. And I'm going to I'm going to get you to kind of sort of take a bit of a lead here. Sure. Only because I've seen them all. Right. Um, yeah. You and, don't want to lead. Well, I yeah, like I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about like, oh, mm. I just spoiled the fifth one. <laughs> no, but um can't believe Neil Patrick Harris shows up. That's amazing. Um b- but I, but yeah, I don't know. This is just kind of like, in some ways, this feels like your journey. This right. feels like your adventure yep. Yep. through the screen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so hit me with what you've got, and I'm gonna. I'll kind of jump in where I feel appropriate. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna gonna say, you know, I think a reason that for some reason I, I liked Dewey and Courtney Cox's relationship development in this movie a bit more and it's not even that measurably different because it's so strained in number two it's well so we'll start with number one number one that's strained and then they really warm up to each other number two you just kind of reinvent the wheel because they just are strained again and then it kind of works you know they kind of meet in the middle and then this one we start at the beginning again where they're just so strained but something about it they kind of just got over that hurdle for me pretty quickly where then it was that they were able to kind of continue on their relationship with each other to where eventually the film ended up. And just something about that 
and about the way they were on screen worked for me a bit more than it did in number two. Number two, I just found it distractingly, like just at each other. This time it was more, yes, they've got their animosity. Yes, they, they've got their problems. And then pretty quickly they move on, or at least for me. And so that that that's something that I think worked for me that kind of warmed me up. It was a bit more of a touch of the original in this one. So that was good. Um, I think what's what's so fun about this relationship is that it's it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the socially demented cop who you, you don't ever quite you you never reach a point where you're able to confidently say Dewey's all there. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't dropped off the counter as a baby and landed on his head. Like something's something about Dewey. Oh, he lacks all the confidence of an actual functioning adult. I don't know if he's that bad. Really? I like, I think maybe I he's just like a mis- meme to me. For sure. I think I just maybe misinterpret it as, or have a different interpretation, is that he's just maybe more authentic and sincere, and maybe to a fault, where maybe he's too trusting, maybe he's too open, and then that can allow him to get burnt. Like, that, if I was doing a character or a personality analysis, maybe that's what I'd label it as. But he's also kind of dumb. I mean... <laughs> It's one way to say it. I mean, maybe he's just a little naive. He's a little slow. He's <laughs> he's pretty thick. Right. I mean, uh, but but it's so bizarre just because Gale is. I don't know. I was about to say Gale's like this successful power career, like. Mm-hmm. I was going to say super attractive, but then I remembered the hair. <laughs> Potential to be attractive. But it's kind of, but I mean, I don't know. I just like this whole new layer for me was just kind of unraveled where I was like, mm. well, but is she like, mm-hmm. okay. So taking what you just said about Dewey, sure. that Dewey is just mm. genuine. He's yep. authentic. Yeah. He's he's not putting on any sort of guys. He's not trying to be. He's not trying to project anything other than than the real Dewey. Mm. And maybe Gale is the total opposite in the sense that Gale is. I mean, she's had some success, mm-hmm. but success doesn't necessarily mean like. You know, she's she's a normal human being who's who's frail and broken and messed up and mm. and whatever else who's hiding behind this or has hidden behind this like this persona of Gail Weathers, right? Mm. And like I don't know, so maybe there's something there. Maybe maybe it does make more sense than you know, Dewey's the one the one guy that Gail feels like she can actually be the real Gail around for sure that there's no pressure to be, you know, cause he's, he's not the, he's not a guy you're picking up at a Hollywood party. Like he's not, no. Yeah. He's down to earth. 
Yeah, he, he's he's the guy ain't got like a six pack and a perfect hairline. He's <laughs> he's got a sweet he's, stash yeah. though. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that's something what, really. I think that's what works with their relationship, right? Because they're they are opposites in a way, but you know, like you're alluding to, like Gail's career and her persona that she puts on, she's able to kind of be more genuine back towards Dewey in her moments of vulnerability because mm-hmm. she's someone he's trustworthy. He's he's he you know because of his sincerity, he's not going to backstab you. No pun intended. There's also something really fun, I think, about watching this on-screen relationship unfold when you know that that there's the off-screen relationship there. In real life? In real life. Like the actors are in a relationship? You don't... What? Are you joking? I'm dead serious. I am dead oh serious. Oh gosh. Wow. There's- the movie new segment hits early this week. This is what? Okay. <laughs> wow. Let me, yeah, I'm opening up the Googler. So, wow. There's, there's a, uh, I, I can't remember. Is it season three of Friends where Courtney Cox stops getting billed as Courtney Cox and is billed as Courtney Cox Arquette? Oh, are they? St- oh, no. They're, they're separated now. Okay. They're divorced now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Courtney Cox divorced was now. married to Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Wow. For a, for a stint. Yeah, for a stint. Yeah. Um. Well, they, they weren't married. They no, were, sorry, they were in a relationship. Yeah, but no, she was married to she was ma- married to David Arquette for fourteen years. Interesting. Okay. So at this point, like when this movie comes out, they're married in real life. So I'm. They got married in ninety nine. And I don't want you to comment on this, but I'm just curious when I go to see. The newer ones, but particularly mm-hmm. the new one in March. I'm just curious if they're both still in this, and then just the well, even Scream Five, be. right? Because Scream Five oh, came that was out only post a year ago, post divorce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, interesting, interesting to see. Because you'd have to think, like, and I, we won't get too much into this because yeah. this will be this will be something. Obviously, we get into when the time comes. Mm. Um, but if they are both in it, mm-hmm. see, it's just something weird about like, oh yeah, working with your ex spouse <laughs> and like, and what, what will that mean for the story? If anything, mm. like, are you? Because there's there's one thing where you're working with your ex spouse. It's a whole nother thing if you're working with your ex spouse and you're showing up on set and playing a couple mm-hmm. and kissing on screen and. You know, and mm. it's 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 work. You're an actor, and it's but, kissing is kissing for the sake of acting, and yeah. you know, so on and so forth. But it's still- <laughs> uh, there's like an underlying thing there, right? Yeah, you're so. still a human being with like who feels awkward or feels tension, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe you didn't know that. Holy cow! Yeah, that's I'm. I couldn't away. have dropped a bigger bomb <laughs> if I'd sat and thought about it and planned it out. And- <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so yeah this movie gets into the cliches I guess we'll get into the one the one I already mentioned just about the reveal at the end and it was somewhat interesting you know by the time you're getting into like the second and third version of 
you know, doing something that's kind of outlandish, but also is connected to the original plot. You know, you're, you are making it a stretch. It is a little bit incredible. Um, but it, it did hold up for me a bit more than number two. I didn't, something about the number two reveal just didn't work for me. And though, so this no, one was, yeah, this one number was, two was yeah. just like angry I mean, mom. Yeah. And like, obviously that logically makes sense, but just, it was just so out of left field for me that I'm like, please. No. Doesn't make sense though. Like, okay, here's the thing. The mm. Billy the reveal in the first one. Mm-hmm. He's young. Yeah. Which is like he's a teenager essentially, which reckless. is is reckless. Reckless. Yeah. He's not like he's he's acting strictly emotionally. Um he's clearly kind of unstable. Mm-hmm. Not as unstable as Stu is cuz Stu <laughs> you're just like what is your what is your skin in the game, man? Like, right. why are you why are you stabbing people to death? What is happening? Right. Um, gosh, hmm. calm down there, Shaggy. Um, <laughs> but but in the second one, and 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 you kind of look at like you know what is the motivation here? Like, what happened to Billy Loomis, and 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 why? And you can you can kind mm. of like it's still an extreme reaction. Obviously, you're not like, oh wow, he was completely justified to murder everyone. Um, <laughs> but but you can kind of see how maybe he got there. Yeah. The yeah. second one is just like, huh? The mother is yeah. like, okay, so so Billy also had bad genes. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> Essentially, it was also predisposed because his mother takes a lot of drugs and probably took a lot of drugs during the pregnancy. Um, Like, yeah, it was just, it just felt like it felt sequely, I guess, which is appropriate because it was, but it, it, it didn't have that kind of like, you know, uh, yeah, you're a mom who's upset because your son's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. But have you not heard the story? Like, do you not? Are you not aware of what your kid did? Right, and that he was, he yeah, was he, killed in self defense because he was slaughtering other people. Like, well, and maybe well, like uh, if you've killed that many people, maybe he had it coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always iffy on that. I don't, you know, I I could sit and talk to you all day about my thoughts on sure. On, capital punishment and eye for an eye and stuff like that. But, but, but that's, and, and I, I also agree because it's complicated, but that's different. Like, that's not like a group of people deciding, you know what, let's kill him. It's like, you know what, it happened as a result of him killing people or attempting to kill people. And he, as a result, he died. So it's like, you kind of mm-hmm. lived by the bed he made. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the second one was just like, My son's not here anymore. <laughs> all of you must die. Like right. I, it just, and not just all of you must die, but all of you must die in this. Like I'm going to play mind games. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. This me. time around, though, yeah. you're right. The twist, still tropey, very, still incredible, an incredible turn of events. Mm. Like, uh, uh, you know, and, and if you thought this was an incredible turn of events, buckle up because mm-hmm. 
because oh, there's okay. there's more to come. Okay, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it 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 you can you can at least go. Okay, we're dealing with another young person, more mm-hmm. or less. Yeah. Um, who this? Who, who's been affected by this? Not just as a recent. Oh, my son is dead. But has been affected right. by like this has played into this individual's development, yeah, and right. and formative years, and has really screwed with the psyche of this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True, this person being, I would just come out and say it. This person being Cindy's step, Sydney's, yeah, step sibling. Yeah, yeah, right. The product of of um. Some some freaky business, but so yeah. yeah. So it is. It is. It is a more viable twist, mm-hmm. and I think that's like also we talked about this one being more enjoyable than the second one. Mm-hmm. So much of that, I feel like in these films, so much of it, so much of of the score that this film is going to get mm-hmm. hinges on that twist. Sure. Right. You yeah. can have like a amazing film and then a twist that is super stupid and nobody buys <laughs> and it's going to do irreparable damage mm-hmm. to that score and in some ways the opposite is true you can have like ah this was whatever mm. but oh my god that twist that twist made it all worth it that twist made it all make sense that twist is all i'm thinking about and talking about and and it makes total sense, and I can't believe I didn't see it coming, and all the, and it will like redeem the film. So yeah, it's a good twist this I, time. And I would say also equal, like so. Okay, these movies, a staple is the twist at the end. That influences obviously a score to a big point. Something else that obviously influences the score and is a staple of these films is the intro, and. I don't even, like, I couldn't even tell you what happened at the beginning of number two, but I definitely remember number one being monumental. And this well, one Drew was... Well, Barrymore. Oh, yeah. And this one the was... The girl from the cover who's in all of three minutes. Yeah, right. And this one was incredible with uh, with Cotton. And mm-hmm. um, again, you get into that not believing what you hear because of this plot element that's been brought in and that sets the tone for the rest of the movie. And... Uh, you get that instantaneous, like, oh my gosh, I understand this girlfriend's skepticism, but then you see that the assailant is still there and you go, oh my gosh, I wish they could just be on the same page to not get killed together. But uh, yeah, an incredible intro an for me. It worked. Interesting decision. You talk about Cotton. I mm-hmm. think having Cotton back in as big a role like obviously cotton's in the second one and is there during the finale and stuff like that but just that cotton like still makes an appearance in this one i Mm -hmm. think it's so interesting because his arc in the first film i don't know you would look at that on paper and go okay like he's a one and done he's a right he's sort of a distraction in the first one he's sort of a not a MacGuffin, but he's like a red heron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and a red we're like, right. yeah, and we're like, oh, okay. It wasn't him. It wasn't the guy we thought it was, and just sort of an extra layer of of interesting, interesting plot there. Hmm. Um, but the fact that yeah, he had become 
a reoccurring character it made it into the third one just is bizarre to me and it i feel like you're right that is bizarre and i feel like i was surprised by it because i thought okay if he's made it this far in the series he's probably going to be like some of the other main characters where then he's you know maybe he his how we view him changes whether positively or negatively but i thought okay if he's here he's here for the long term and then obviously because he's in the intro i guess that should have been a red flag but uh Pretty quickly, we realized that's his tenure is done. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't shot in the head. That's true. Can't rule it out. Was not shot in the head. Uh, we get some more great, um, you know, meta moments with uh, mm-hmm. with Randy's fourth wall. You know, with his video. Saying, you the, know, the if, principle of trilogies, the principle of trilogies. And it was heavy handed, but not obviously in a very fun, well done way. And uh, that, uh, yeah, it just needs to be <laughs> that the villain needs to be blown up. You know, he, he warns us, don't just, you know, they won't die in a typical way. It's going to take something extraordinary. And um, yeah, it was it was just a fun continuation of just these films being so self-aware and, uh, yeah, I thought that was a fun touch. Mm-hmm. Um, is it talking about, so yeah, Randy's in this, um, mm. through, through like archival footage <laughs> type thing. Very, in a very contrived way. He's still in this. Yep. Um, but let's also talk about just, it's something that these films have done in the past have been surprise you with the cast that shows up. Right? Right? Like, you, you're watching the first one, and you're like, oh, holy crap. And then you're watching the second one, and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know this person was in this. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you've got, you know, the, and the first time around, you're not, you're not shocked that Nev Campbell, because, you know, what name does Nev Campbell have at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, but, obviously, Nev Campbell's back. That's no shocker. Um, David Arquette is back. No right. shocker. Um, Liv Schreiber, we've talked about as as Cotton Weary is back. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. Of um, Patrick Dempsey. Right. Like, and I loved this part. I did. Patrick Dempsey's in this. Yeah. Like heck, and huh. and that this would be defined as pre big pre-made it Patrick Dempsey, wouldn't it not? Like pre-dreamy? Um, well, he's for I sure pre-McDreamy, is... but I don't know what was he, he was in before Grey's Anatomy. I don't know. Probably like the odd. I don't know. Because I think about Patrick Dempsey and I'm like, oh, if he's going to show up in something other than Grey's Anatomy, he he's in like a rom-com. Yeah. Right? He's um he's a guy from, he's the less douchey guy from Enchanted. <laughs> Only because the other guy is uh, is James Marston. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, if I'm looking at it, I mean, Meatballs 3, which is like, hmm. it's like the third installment in like a sex comedy, Lover Boy, some kind. N- uh, nothing, nothing monumental, yeah. at least in my viewing. I feel like experience. this might be the start because he's got Scream 3, then Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Then he's in some bigger things, Maid of Honor, and then he's starting to get into the you know the Grey's Anatomy and all that. 
like he he does have like 20 credits prior to this. Mm-hmm. Right, like his film debut is 1985. Yep. Yep. So he's been in the game for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, after this Will and Grace, Blonde, uh Sweet yeah, your Sweet Home Alabama, mm-hmm. obviously Grey's Anatomy, Enchanted, Valentine's Day, Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. I, I okay. loved his presence in this. I thought it was a great role. And I, I loved the dynamic of just us having him typecast as, as the killer. And then uh, just the way they wrote it, that we all have this trust and angst when he's holding a gun against our main character. And then after yeah. he gets like hit with a fire poker in the head, we're like, nope, no, he's, he's legit. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we should not feel hostility towards him. And so mm-hmm. that was both just a fun point, fun thing from a narrative perspective, but just... Also, just as a fun fun thing, as enjoying Patrick Dempsey's, Dempsey's character, it was redeeming for us. Right. Uh, then we have Jenny McCarthy. Right. Plays um, Cindy's, or Sydney. Why do I keep saying C- Cindy? Cindy is the, and when they do, when they spoof oh scare, uh, Scream and Scream Scary and Movie. Scary movie. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Sydney. Sydney. Sydney, Sydney. Okay, I'm just committing it to memory. Um, plays Sydney's counterpart mm-hmm. in the stab films. Case. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, mm. it's uh, it's on par with any other Jenny McCarthy performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not she's not an actress, yep. right? I mean, she's she's she acts mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but I don't think actor is 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 essentially like her 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 title is comedian and and playmate mm-hmm. right like that is that is her career at this point so I think she's in this more for yeah for shits and giggles than she is really anything else mm-hmm. um, Patrick Warburton yeah for not very I, long but he was there I just I want. I want every book that I own on my shelf. I want an audiobook version. Oh, absolutely. Read by Patrick Warburton. Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh. He's just, he's perfection. He's like, what a voice. Um, Carrie Fisher. My gosh. Right? Right. It just when you think that the film's done mm. throwing names at you. Yeah. Because she's not even there from the get. It's not oh, like, no, oh, yeah, and Carrie not. Fisher's in this. It's just all of a sudden it's like, oh, hang on, Carrie Fisher? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the one other one, or one other two, two in one mm-hmm. um, that stood out to me that you might not, like, might not have jumped out to you. Sure. Um, is Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes playing. I did see the, the Kevin Smith. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. Oh. They're playing their characters, Jay and Silent Bob from from Clerks <laughs> and obviously the Jay and Silent Bob films. Right. And sort of sort of Kevin Smith's pantheon of of you know, like his cinematic universe. Sure. In his films. So I thought that was <laughs> when that happened, I was like, okay, we're we're just we're not holding back here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. nothing, nothing is out of the. If, <laughs> if Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones show up with neuralizers <laughs> in the next scene, I'll be like, oh yeah, I we're here for it. Makes sense to me. Need to need to wipe some memories. <laughs> um, 
and uh, not as name worthy, but it did stand out to me. Emily Mortimer was in here, and I recognize her from yes. a few things, specifically Shutter Island, where I believe mm-hmm. she plays one of the patients at the the mental hospital. And so, yep, she was in the the uh, less than amazing um, revival of Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. Hugo, um, yeah, definitely Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, but was there anything again? What what big credit? What notable credit does she have prior to this? Oh, maybe nothing. Probably nothing. But because of Shutter Island, I've kind of typecast her as a bit of a psychopath. So I, I, I honestly, <laughs> well, I honestly thought it was her. I'm like, she's absolutely the killer, especially when she yeah. walks out of the bushes and all the other characters. Are like, where did you come from? Like, why are you over there? Which is consistent with her playing the adult version of Jane Banks in Mary Poppins Returns. Because if you had that kind of upbringing, <laughs> you're a serial, serial killer. Well, I just mean if if you had a magical nanny when you were a kid, right. you're growing up with some sort of psychosis <laughs> because you are the you reality, are reality is different for you. Was it real? Yep. Was it not real? What? You would always just be wondering. Like you've got Christopher Robin syndrome. You're mm-hmm. like Yeah. Which I is not actually a thing, but I've just coined that where <laughs> you're like you know. Yeah. Was I friends with all of these animals, animals. and that was rep- there a threat of heffalumps and woozles or, or because they all represent like one type of mental health issue like depression and anxiety and all these things were they just something that were i perceived and gave animal representations yeah. is this the reason why you don't find children's cough syrup on the shelves anymore <laughs> like what's <laughs> oh I, uh, the last name that i've got was uh, similar to the the way they did things in number two. Um, David Schwimmer being uh, mentioned not wanting to come back for the the next slasher movie. Right. Which is just a fun fun friends. Yeah. Just a fun reference. Yep. 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 Brother and sister. (laughs) So that's, that's about all I have. Is there anything else that we should hit on before we give it a score? Um... No, I don't. Not necessarily. Sure. I mean, it, it. It. It's interesting that like none of these films so far have asked for a sequel. Right. It doesn't end, and you're like, well, yeah. well let's see where it's going to go. The and, one thing. And, the one and thing that's I a good do, thing, and that's I think maybe why it's so fun to watch. Yes, because you're like. You you sit down to start the next one, and the question in your head is like, okay, mm-hmm. and and not in a negative way, mm-hmm. but the question is, okay, why? Yes, why? Why? Why are we doing this again? Yep. Why is this happening again? Mm-hmm. Um, and not in like a Ugh, no, but why? No, like a you an know, inquisitive, the, curious why. The one really bizarre moment to me that I kind of want to two two towards the end of the film that are tropey, but are so tropey that they kind of pulled me out. Hmm. One is right after Brother Dearest has been shot, (laughs) not so fatally, Mm. and Sydney 
even though this is like this is a horrible human being who has tried to kill you and has killed many of your friends and is like you know this is this is no different than the Billy Loomis situation hmm. but I literally just found out that you're kind of sort of my brother so I'm going to get down and hold your hand and feel something while you die <laughs> right? because I'm like what <laughs> yeah I did think that was a that's, little odd. That's one of those like, okay, listen, listen, Sydney, have you not heard the, the you know, blood doesn't make your family? Yeah. Kind of th- like, this is not your brother. Like <laughs> exactly. maybe biologically, this is half your brother. Yeah. But this is not your brother. This is not let, your brother. Let this sucker die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, fi- the other thing is like right at the end where there's, we're, you know, we're trying to put a button on the film. Mm-hmm. We're trying to show that Sydney is no longer afraid. She doesn't mm-hmm. need to be scared anymore. And it's yeah, like movie night and we're going to hang out going. and the door blo- which, blows which, open. Pause it. I like when Patrick Dempsey showed up to this movie night, I'm like, where's my invite? I want to hang out at this movie night. Like, this is a sweet movie night. Yeah, I'm not. Listen, I've. I'm about to. I'm about to make friends Anna, and enemies here. Sure. I have not watched Grey's Anatomy. I'm not a religious watcher either, but that's fair. And so, well, you work in the medical field, so there's like there's some truth. You know, it's like me watching. <laughs> I was going to say if they made a if they made a, a a show tomorrow and it was all about DJs, and I'd be like. <laughs> No, that'd be a really shitty show. I probably wouldn't watch that. Um, but no, I. Uh, but, um, yeah. So regardless, the door blows open, and mm-hmm. in order to show you, and it, it in a way that up until this point would be like a, mm-hmm. what is going on? Is someone there? Yeah. Like time to because also like, Cindy is becoming. Sydney, Mike, I will, I will f- figure this out at some point. Um, Sydney is kind of becoming like a Sarah Connor in the sense that she's like, it, all of these experiences are like hardening her. Yeah. She's becoming more like gun savvy and more able to like, she's not like the fun, sweet, innocent. No. Sydney that she was no it's it's like turning her into this like survivor yeah hardens okay this is what we have to do it's turn it's turning her into the person that you want to show up and be on your side because (laughs) she she knows how to kick some butt yeah um but so the door blows open and she kind of looks at it and and she's like retrieving popcorn or something Mm -hmm. and and sees that it's blown open and realizes that she's no longer afraid and leaves it blown open so that she can go, you know. And and I get the message. Mm, I understand man, what you're course. saying to me. Yeah. But shut your flipping door. Like right. what do you do? Do mice not live in your neighborhood? Like Yeah, so or or mosquitoes, mosquitoes. or uh actual just like Non ghost face bad people. I, right. Someone's gonna walk by and see your doors open and, and come like, on. Like I'm, you, I'm gonna steal your radio. Yeah, I don't. You're like, oh, it's a movie night, and my guests will need to leave at some point, so I will create one less step for them 
<laughs> just leave the door open. I don't like. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of like <laughs> it was just the ultimate like mm. stupid yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, it was like riding off into the sunset on horses at the end of a <laughs> cowboy movie. It was like, okay, all right, well, <laughs> hate to be paying your your air <laughs> conditioning bill. bill. Yeah. Like, what's what is what do you why shut that shit? Yeah. All right, sir. On a scale of zero to ten, mm. where where are you going? I give this a six out of ten. So I like the original Scream the most. I like this one the second most, and then the second one is in third place. So a six out of ten, definitely a fun view, and um, I'm more excited about going forward is uh, after watching this one. And now I'm more intrigued to watch the whole Courtney Cox-Dewey relationship and mapping out for each movie going forward, like if they were still a couple, if they weren't a couple at the time. Like, I'm going to, I'm intrigued by this. But what what did you give it out of 10? I also gave it a 6 out of 10. No, no joke. Yep, that's fair. No joke. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, you know, it, here's the problem. Here's the problem when we're not using our 007 Mission Impossible <laughs> ranking system which maybe you know what like there may have been a way to adapt that for like scream (laughs) scream screams for a bond girl category kind of chart um you know like ooh the twist and ooh the opening scene and ooh the but i don't know if that score is lower or higher than what i gave the second one i do like it better than the second one yep so anyone who's like if you're like binging our scream series Mm. And you're like, well, that doesn't add up. <laughs> Sue me. I. <laughs> this is six out of ten. Fair enough. Uh, what'd you watch this week, sir? All right, I'll go through a couple titles here. I watched a 2022 film called Three Thousand Years of Longing, and it stars Tilda, sorry, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. And essentially, this lonely scholar is on a trip in Europe, I believe, or maybe the Middle East, and she finds a genie or a djinn, and the, the, the djinn offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. And I gave this movie a 7 out of 10, and I'd really recommend it to yourself and other people if they, it's, they read the, the title and watch the trailer and it, it, they think it's up the rally. It was a really interesting film, and I want to watch it a second time, and I think it might actually get a higher score that time. And the things I liked about it were the acting is great, obviously, with those two names. But the majority of the film, maybe like 60% of it, takes place in a hotel room. And just with the combination of the good acting, the great dialogue, but also really visually well done flashbacks and like stories that then get visualizations, it it really kind of made me realize like, wow, I forgot that most of this took place in like one room. And it, it just because it bounces around in so many different times and places, um, so that was that was amazing about it. But the last thing that I really thought was unique about it is there's been a million stories about genies in a bottle and granting wishes, whether it be from Aladdin to just name it whatever you want. But this one was just one of the most unique tales that I've ever seen about that that 
really embodied the tale of the genie or the djinn. And it was just such a, I, I can't describe it enough that it was just such a unique telling of this tale as old as time that it was just like a brand new way of just like showing this story that just, I can't recommend it enough. And the more I thought about it and the more I watched different YouTube videos reviewing it, I thought that was not only entertaining to watch, but I like, I'm thinking about this the next day and I'm thinking about it eating breakfast and anytime a movie does that, it's usually either it's really bad or it's really good. So, 3,000 Years of Longing. Then I went back in the time machine, and I watched a sci-fi movie from 1979. I watched Ridley Scott's Alien, and um, I liked it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Is this your first time watching it? Never had seen it before. I My exposure to this series is very weird. I've seen one of the Ridley Scott movies. I think it's Prometheus that I had seen. So... Um, I had some exposure, so like some things had some meaning to me as I watched this original, but it was really entertaining, and it wasn't exactly my cup of tea. Like there were some things I, you know, the color tone and maybe just some of the decisions in the story making process that I would have done differently, but I still gave it a seven out of ten. I still found it interesting. And I can definitely see why it's iconic, just with all the actors. You know, you've got Tom Skerritt from uh, Top Gun is in this. You got Sigourney Weaver. Uh, you've got Bilbo and Ian Holm in there. So I can see why it's iconic. I definitely enjoyed watching it. I'm not sure how fast I'm going to watch the next ones in this series, but I'm definitely going to watch the other Ridley Scott prequel i guess you'd call it there's prometheus and then there's the other one he's made and i know ridley scott wasn't involved in all the movies but i i'm basically prioritizing i'm going to watch the ridley scott movies to round out what he's done and then eventually i'll probably get into like the james cameron and, and all the other other yeah i was gonna say like the sec the follow-up <laughs> to this is james cameron i know for sure and I've heard, and I know there's a whole variety of some are more well received than others, but it was still an interesting movie. I, I I got a kick out of watching it. It's yeah, I I would say yeah, yeah. So like the other Ridley Scott one that you're talking about is Alien Covenant, right? Um, yeah. and so Aliens, and then Alien Three, hmm. which is a David Fincher film, right? Um. They're both like Alien, Aliens, and Alien Three all feel drastically different from each other, and that's what I've heard. Yep, like they're they're entirely different films. Mm-hmm. They follow a continuity, like they follow sure. yep. they follow a story, yep. um, but it's like genre bending mm-hmm. each time. It's just a different, a whole different thing. Right, right. So oh. yeah. Um, then I watched 2022's Prey, the, I guess it's a ah. prequel to, um, Are you getting, you're gearing up for Alien versus Predator here. You're going to watch a little, little AVP. Not even a little, that's, Prey is the second movie in that franchise that I've seen. I've seen Predator and Prey, that's it. Yeah, I've only seen Predator. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I got it, it's, it's on my... It's on my list is working sure. through that series. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know what I would give Predator. I haven't seen it recently to score it, but I gave Prey a six out of 10 and I think I enjoyed it more than Predator. And 
you know, I know it's iconic because the Predator has, you know, the the handshake and the bicep rip and the Arnold Schwarzenegger and all that stuff. And I don't have time to bleed and all the iconic stuff. But I really just liked the time period that Prey was set in, being set in um, the, you know, the prairies in the North America and the time period and the indigenous uh, group that we're watching and just the costume design and the visuals of the the landscape as well and just being on the frontier and i i just loved the period and the 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 costume design and the like the the group of people that we were watching and mainly our female protagonist that i loved all those things about it and it just so happened to involve like prey like involve a predator so I I was there for that. I was there for all those things I mentioned, and then just Predator happened to be kind of involved in it too. Um, so I, all that to be said, I really just enjoyed watching this movie, and I was fascinated by it. And um, I think it just spoke more to the time and the 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 characters versus being part of the Predator series. But I, I enjoyed it. A six out of ten. If you're into those kind of things, and cool. um, that's it. That's that's all I got. What what'd you watch this week? Um a bunch of continuing with a bunch of series that I've already been watching. Um obviously I'm still wa- we're watching National Treasure. Yes, I'm a bit behind. Are you caught up? I am caught up. Okay. Yeah, I one dropped like I'm I'm a little behind. Right. Yeah. In that there's one for me to watch. Yeah. Um but I'm not like weeks behind. No. Um no. so you got some you know, it's, it's we're gonna we're gonna review season one, man. It's in the calendar. <laughs> it is. Forego a movie night and and stack up on on National Treasure episodes. Um, <laughs> so I've been watching that. Um, watching, still watching Two and a Half Men. Um, we're one whole season into Ashton Kutcher. Oh, being on the show, right? It's a different show now like hmm. it's just not the same it's just not the same without charlie sheen hmm. um and then the only film is this accurate am i about to tell a lie no the only <laughs> film that we that i watched was ticket to paradise huh. um the julia roberts oh. george clooney yeah sort of romantic comedy thing. It's fun. Was does it hold up? Yeah, it's fun. It it doesn't it doesn't break any ground. It doesn't, you know, it's not like the greatest comedy I've seen in a really long time. Sure. Um but it it's completely serviceable as a as a rom-com. It's sure. an enjoyable, funny. Yep. Um it's a little you have to suspend some disbelief a little bit but i mean it's it's not meant to take itself super seriously Mm -hmm. um but the setup for the film the setup where we kind of get like okay like here's our conflict here's here's why the events that are going to take place take place is it feels a little far-fetched you're a little like really that's that's and that kind of hurts the film a little bit only because everything's kind of based on that plot point Mm. 
Um, but I mean, all in all, like at the end of the day, it's Julia Roberts and George Clooney. So, right. uh, it, you know, it, it reaffirmed the film. Watching it did two things. It made me go, why don't I see more Julia Roberts mm. these days? Yep. Like, where is she? Yep. Cause I like her. Mm-hmm. And two, it sort of reaffirmed my, I was like, I really like, not only do I really like George Clooney, but I like old man George Clooney. Hmm. Like, I like George Clooney in the last 15 years. Okay. I like I like gray hair George Clooney. I think that's been a while. You know, not that I don't enjoy, like, you know, his entire catalog, Um but something about I really like him playing, whether it's a grandfather or it's a mm. whatever it is, yep. right? I like I like the later on in his life, George Clooney. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Makes sense. That's it. So, hopefully, you enjoyed the scream episode. I don't. We kind of said it not in so many words. Mm. We're. We are working towards. Yes, th- this is this is one of those things. It's one of those. It's like our Harry Potter series, our mm. Star Wars series, our Mission our Impossible series, Mission Impossible, our 007 series, yeah. our our um, you know, I think that's it. Our Avatar series, we've watched our Batman, we, Batman. We did it with Batman. Yeah. We did it with Batman. The yeah. Avatar was a joke. We've we've really just reviewed Avatar one, and we're going to mm-hmm. review Avatar two. But it still counts. It is coming. It's, it's still, coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. For those who are for those who are are we've literally people have reached out. Yeah. Are you guys not doing Avatar two? We are. We are. We just Plain need teeth. to find a time to sit down with James Cameron, and it's it's just hard. It's hard. He's irritatingly busy, and that's you know. Like prioritize, yeah. asshole. Like, <laughs> wrap this up first, sir. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. Whether you are a regular listener or tuning in for the Scream series or uh, whatever brought you here today, we're happy that you're here. Check out our socials below. Please like, follow, subscribe. Please give us a good rate and review wherever you're listening. Check out our Patreon page. It's ways for you to help support the show, keep the bills paid. And then it's also ways for us to give you perks back, whether it be uh, extra voting power, whether it be merch, depending on what level level you're at, or whether it's uh, uh, the occasional bonus episode or opportunity to give vote suggestions. Um, just check out the Patreon page. I actually, probably right now, by now, we do have, we had a seasonal episode, bonus episode that came out, and then uh, in the next uh, little bit, we'll be having uh, another bonus episode coming out uh, for our patron subscribers only. So check out our Patreon page. It's a way for us to kind of uh, give special perks to those that really help us help the show run. And until next yep. time. Until next time. Aim for the head. Yeah. <laughs>